What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. Looking out on the beautiful part of Arlington County here in Clarendon. I'm your host, Chris Farley, back again for another episode of Pace the Nation. We are on episode 161, and we've got a full crew intact here today. To my right, of course, it's Joanna Russo. Joanna, what's up? If you had been a girl, what do you think your name would have been? I think my name was going to be Elizabeth. I think it was. I think there, there, I have to ask my mom, but there was a name picked out for me. Isn't your sister younger than you? She is, yeah. And then they didn't they name her just, Elizabeth? Yeah, so they, they just decided, got rid of yeah, the whole Elizabeth yeah, idea. The whole idea just bagged it. It might not have been Elizabeth, but I think Elizabeth. I don't know why you ask. No, you just wonder? Just okay. curious, yeah. Because <laughs> okay. you can't complain about the weather because it's been so beautiful here. Yeah, my opinion, not yours. Okay, fine. Uh, let's also introduce our other co-host to my left. It's William Docs. Docs, what's up? Or if I was a girl, Caroline. Caroline was, mm-hmm. was your yeah. name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I do have a younger sister who's not named Caroline. Yeah. Interesting. So mm-hmm. what do you think made your parents just scrap the names that they had chosen for you? <laughs> because that belonged to me. Yeah. I think that was, you know, you probably get a feeling. I don't know. We'd have to all ask our moms. Maybe you get a feeling in your gut. <clears throat> When the I'll ask your mom, you ask my mom. <laughs> when the baby is, uh, I don't know, developing and you say, all right, this feels like an Elizabeth or a Caroline or a, a William or a, a Chris. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your mom's actually here. Maybe we should, we should ask her. Do you I ha- figured that's why because she has a boy name. What's your boy name? Yeah. Oh, um, I think if I was going to be a boy, I don't know. She wanted to name my brother Rory. Mm-hmm. But my dad vetoed that because then his name would have been Rory Russo. Mm-hmm. And that's a little unfortunate for like a little kid to try to say. Well, if the kid had a lisp, then you wouldn't know if it was Rory Russo or if it was Lori Lusso. <laughs> well, it is the dog days of summer, so we don't... And now uh, I have two dogs. Yeah, you do. Uh, so, you know, the topics are going to be a little bit of a grab bag. Not necessarily <laughs> the grab bag we've had, but... Uh, so bear with us. Thank you for joining us here uh on Pace the Nation. Uh, I did actually see Joanna's parents today. I saw Mr. Docs today. It's not his name. And I did see my mom today. So I've mm-hmm. seen all the hosts. So, wow, you won today. mom bingo. <laughs> I know. I, I totally did. <laughs> no, because my mother is, is yeah. Uh, elusive. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about why uh, Docs, uh, that why I saw Mr. Docs today. It's not Mr. Docs. Even though that's not his name. Uh, we'll get into that and. Um, what's grinding Docs' gears later on in the program? No, the entire show will be dedicated to what's grinding Docs' gears today. Yeah, well, there's a lot. There's so nothing else stay, to talk about except for what's the grinding Docs' strap gears. Strap on your seatbelts for that. Mm-hmm. So we look forward to that uh, subject today. Also on today's program, uh, we'll talk a little running. Docs is running uh, specifically, and uh, we'll talk about where Joanna's at. And uh, It has been a nice week, so hopefully everybody's gotten in some good uh, weather-wise, so gotten in some good running you are crazy it has been a horrible oh, actually uh, so i was in it's been it's been I a was nice in western days. i've been western maryland so western maryland was cool so the whole week that's my perspective yeah it actually was very cool uh so uh, this you know. was this was a horrible week where we even had like heat advisory oh we did okay yes well, I was, we were, I was it was town. like over mm-hmm. 100 degrees and felt like over more than 100 degrees all right. Well, I stand corrected. Um, well, let's ask Joanna's opinion. Joanna, <laughs> it, it was miserable this week, right? I'm it not. Was, I'm not out on an she's, island here. She's not. She's not a a, a a good witness for this. 
I have to say that this past week, um, you know how people in the winter get really depressed because mm-hmm. of the right. season. I am the opposite. Where this past week, I was re- I was really, really depressed. depressed. Yeah, All right. All right. I had a really. I tough was week. miserable too. Sorry, I, I was in Western Maryland, so it was nice there. Western so. Maryland's not far, far away. Right. I, I wish that you knew <laughs> better I, geography. I, I, yeah. All right. Well. Uh, we we could talk uh, if we have time. We could talk about my my beautiful trip to Western. We don't have Island. time. I have a lot of stuff to complain about. <laughs> All right, but also weather included. Uh, I want to talk about uh, today on today's program. I want to talk about the Guinness Book of World Records jumping the shark. Uh, Joanna, you know what the term "jumping the shark" means. We've talked about okay. it on the show. We have, and yes. and I was wrong when I said it. And Michael P. Miller, I think, corrected, corrected me on Twitter. We don't like that, Michael P. Miller. All right, and finally, excited today, excited to be joined by 93-year-old runner. Uh, he's a stud runner, uh, competing in a lot of USA track and field events. Uh, it's Dixon Hempfield. He's a Fairfax, Virginia. Uh, recently ESPN did a little sh- uh, video short on him and his uh, biggest competitor in his age range range. Uh, so very cool. We'll tweet that out, but really excited to have uh, Dixon Hemfield join us today in studio. Uh, so we're going to talk to him about his running, how he's uh, become such a competitive elite runner in his nineties. All right, but Docs, um, we could spend most of the show on what's grinding your gear, so let's get mm-hmm. started there. Uh, so uh, the floor is yours. What's going on, man? Wait, I can only talk till the guest gets here. I, this is not enough time. All right, well we can we can we can we can if if it bleeds over into the guest, we'll talk about it after the guest as well. This is going to be the entire show. Okay, all right. I I feel like when I was writing down my topics today, you, you asked me. Well, actually, you asked Chris. He'd never, nobody asked me mm-hmm. uh, what my girl name would be. Uh, it could have been today, Joanna, because I'm mm. going to complain about transportation. <laughs> I'm going to complain about the weather. Uh-huh. I'm going to complain about my miserable house. Okay. But uh, we'll, we'll do the weather topic later Okay. when we after get the into guest. the running okay. after the guest. Okay. But the weather this week was terrible, and it affected my mood because it affected my running. But I won't even go there. I had to get a ride to the studio from Chris Farley today. That's why I saw Mr. Docs. Mm-hmm. It's not his name. Right. And the reason I had to do that is because my car broke down on Route 50, several miles away from my house. Wow. So I was, I was fishmongering yesterday. Mm-hmm. One of one of the, one of the many jobs Docs mm-hmm. has. It's yes. one of the hats I wear. Yep. Although I wear a, a beer hat at my fishmongering job. Is that what you really wear? Random row. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, I was driving back. I was on Route 50. You, you know how they they say like zero to sixty miles per hour in mm-hmm. five point three seconds or four point seven seconds. My zero to twenty miles per hour was about a minute and a half. So you, you probably hadn't gotten your. You I, gotten I was your, sitting at a light at at seven corners. Okay. I was sitting at a light. A minute and the a light, half. The light turns green, and I'm trying to make the car go, and the light turns red, and everybody behind me is irate. They're say, honking their horns, they're yelling and screaming, and I was like. <laughs> Oh, you think you're having a bad day? Yeah, right, right. This is the best my car can do. My day is worse than yours, so why don't all you put you your have, horn away? All you have to do is drive around me. I yeah, gotta deal with yeah. this. Put your turn signal on. I know right. you don't like to do that around here. Right. All right, so your your car is topping out at 20 miles an hour. No, yeah. it won't get there. <laughs> it won't even get. Yeah. So you must not have been able, been have have had your car serviced in a while, or, or I maybe, had my maybe car serviced. Maybe a week you're running ago. out of gas. I had I like a week oh, ago. Wow. Um, I I brought the car in to have the oil changed. Okay. And I had um, 
an inspection done? I had the safety inspection okay. done. And and then they called me and they're like, oh, we need to do this. Uh, we need to replace your air filters. Oh, so man. they checked a bunch of stuff. And I was like, at the end of the day, it was like $100 to do all these little things. And when it could have cost 30 Something which like that. Would, no, but like really it, it costs 30 bucks if you go to uh, one of those auto stores right. and buy the things right. and do it yourself. But it's like time – you know, it's it's time and effort and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, all right, you you know what? You're gonna do it. Just do it. Uh, I'll I'll pacify you. I know that these guys are always trying to get an extra buck. Oh, so yeah. I'll, I'll just ones. I'll give you the extra buck. Just just treat me right. Treat me fair. Fine, whatever. Uh, so I I leave it with them. I don't drive anywhere all week, and then I go do my fishmongering job. And on the way home from the fishmongering job, the car is not working. Right. So I'm on Route 50, past Seven Corners, right in front of the Home Depot. They don't advertise here, but it is a wonderful place. <laughs> uh, and and so I make a left turn to go into that shopping center. Takes me about 45 minutes to make that left right, turn. Right, because your car uh, can't get to 20. We, we really, really on that one uh, was was another light where there were a ton of cars behind me. I couldn't get to the light before it turned red again, and I'm just sitting there, and everybody's just like exercising their horn um so that was fun but but so then i park the car uh, and i go into safeway like an idiot and i buy milk and come back out you literally buy milk i did buy milk i needed okay. milk okay um and so then i get back out and i'm thinking well you know it, it's gonna take me another there's, I'm, there's only a couple miles away from my house but it's gonna take me another uh 45 minutes to get back to the house <laughs> i need milk for this this trip right uh, and I can't, the car won't go. Like I, I just can't. Won't I can't. start at all. No, the car starts, but but when I press the accelerator, nothing happens. It won't. I can't get any wow. momentum on the on the car. So, and and at this point, like I've been flooding the engine, and I'm I'm like out of gas. So I walk over to the gas station that's right there on the corner. I I fill up a gallon of uh, gas, and I buy some other stuff for for the fuel, thinking, okay, we need to flush out the fuel line. I put that stuff in the gas tank. And I go, nothing, 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 nothing. So I leave the car there overnight. I call the shop. They're closed. So I go back today with my dad. You know, I got I got support. Uh, we go back over there. We take a look at wow. it. The radiator is empty. Like, oh, okay. Well, that's You just got the terrible. car service and yeah. the radiator's yeah. empty. So you're thinking, okay, well, maybe maybe like some hose busted or yeah, something like right. this you know so, okay well that's that's unfortunate that the radiator is empty so we go to the, the we go to Safeway again um and I buy two gallons of water we pour it in there start the car try to move nothing we're like what the heck wow. like but because we know that this is radiator fluid on the ground so we go but of course we're like, oh, something's wrong with the transmission what the heck happened to the transmission go check the transmission fluid empty so the radiator and the transmission's empty. The radiator fluid's empty. Transmission fluid's empty. I just had the car serviced. Hmm. Those are two unrelated systems. There is, in my mind, no possible explanation, unless I was backroading in Australian outback. Were you in Australia? Uh, I was not. I was in Vienna. <laughs> okay. And I know that people <laughs> compare Vienna to right. Australian outback. But... Unless you were like out there driving and, and tearing up the bottom of your car, how are both of these systems empty? Unless somebody opened the drains. I'm not going to say anything, but that sounds shady. No, I'm going to say it. Like okay. I, I'm so I've got a so I went back to the the gas station. They've got a full service there. I talked to the mechanic. They're going to check it out tomorrow. The gas station you first went to. 
to get no. gas. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you that not it, the service station that fixed no, your car? No, no, not the ago. one that gotcha. fixed the car. But my my feeling right now, when when it first happened, I was like, well, this is unfortunate. Something failed on the car. Things fail on the car. Now I'm thinking this is too much. This is this is too much stuff going wrong at the same time where too many systems are empty. Too many. There's no right. fluid in anything. That's not that's not possible. So I I feel like I got a little bit uh, you know the the old sugar me do here. Yeah, I don't know what the sugar me do is, but I <laughs> I do feel like there's something nefarious going on. Uh, Joanna, weigh in, please. Um. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, it's kind of kind of odd that both the. Uh, radiator fluid and the transmission fluid are mm-hmm. bone dry Farley, i know we, it's hot here but they probably wouldn't have been evaporated <laughs> do you do you think is, it, is there a chance that if i told you right now that there's no such thing as radiator fluid and there's no such thing as transmission fluid would you be like okay well i believe that uh i mean maybe in these new cars there <laughs> okay. might not be i don't know these electric cars maybe they don't need that stuff okay no, you, you do. I was just curious, like, how much you're following the story. Like, no, I, I, I know. I, I don't believe If this it or is not, like when you're talking shoe, 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 shoe to me, I'm just believe wondering. It, believe it or not, I, I don't know my way around a car very well, <laughs> which is not shocking to you guys. But yeah. I do know okay. uh, that you need uh, transmission fluid and radiator okay, fluid good, good, good. and gas and oil. I don't know mm-hmm. much more than that. Mm-hmm. Windshield wiper fluid. Wind, windshield wiper fluids mm-hmm. too. Very, that's very kind important. of like, yeah, you, you know. Very you don't, important. You don't, well, not necessarily. You can get by without that. <laughs> Um, well, this guy does know his stuff. Well, see, well, Docs, um, that is uh, an unfortunate situation. What's your recourse? Well, the f- I mean, hopefully I don't get towed from the parking lot that it's in that right now. That you're still in. Yeah. Um, these guys are going to check it out tomorrow, and then they're mm. going to tell me what's wrong with the car. I'm mm. waiting for finding out what's wrong with the car before I... Make accusations. Yeah. Uh, but, the, but the thing is... I was talking to my dad about it, and he was like, best case scenario for you right now is that they did sabotage your car. <laughs> because if they did sabotage your car, right. both those systems, it's just a matter of tightening a plug uh, on the drain. If both of those systems really did worst case scenario, and then it's going to be time to buy a DeLorean. Yeah, that's good. a new new DeLorean is not going to be <laughs> cheap. So, all right. Best well, I would get an old one. I'd get a 1984 DeLorean. But still, that's expensive. Uh, mm. Well, keep us updated, uh, Docs, on your car oh, situation. Oh, you will find out. So you would think that this is all there is. Right. But I also have a leak on my air conditioner in my house, which is annoying. Yes. And that, that was the other reason why my father came over is because he likes to – uh, do air conditioning repair. <laughs> so is your air conditioning not working? It, it works, but there's just water. Are you too cheap to pay somebody to come over and do your air, fix your air conditioning? Is that what it is? First, first we like to find out what's wrong. Oh, okay. All right. That's true. I usually get gouged by the guy coming over and he just turns the light switch on. I've fixed my own heating system many times yeah, where, that's, where that's you just do a little move. bit, a couple of things. Yeah. For, there's a few reasons why you want to do that yourself. One is because if you do it yourself, you get it done much quicker. Mm-hmm. Like so Usually you have to wait on somebody. And two, uh, if I bring somebody over to fix the air conditioner, he's probably going to leak the transmission fluid. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> All right. Well, Doc's... Uh, I'm sorry those are grinding uh, those things are grinding your gears but And uh, I have a mouse in my house that keeps eating all of the peanut butter from the trap but he won't let the he won't set the trap. He's too smart for the trap. Yeah. Wow. 
well, keep us updated on all those three things, uh, the, the air conditioning, the mouse in the house, and uh, the car situation. Mm-hmm. That's rough, man. Uh, but I was glad that I was able to pick you up. It was good to see uh, your dad over there. He was like, you know, on his hands and knees, like looking underneath the air conditioning, like crawling around back there. Man, he was getting to work. He was getting. He likes the stuff. He was getting at. He was getting to work. I was yeah, impressed. He likes to do stuff like this. Yeah. All right. Well, just like you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Two of we, a kind. We couldn't yeah. be more opposite. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, guys. Up next, uh, a real inspiring guy. He's 93 years old. Uh, he got into running late in life. At 50, he got into running. So he's got 43 years of, of running. Uh, he's done a lot in the running industry as well, uh, from a running store to race management uh, to now a, a super uh, competitor at the 90-year-old division at the USATF level. Dixon Hempfield of Fairfax, Virginia. He's going to join us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Joanna and Docs, we are excited to be joined by a real inspiring running story. It's 93-year-old Dixon Hemfield. He's joining us here in studio. Dixon, how are you? Thanks fine, for joining us. Fine, thanks. Glad Thank to be here. Thank you so much for joining us uh, today on the program. Uh, you know, y- y- your story is, is, is a great one that a lot of people... Uh, really took note of after last year when when ESPN did a really cool uh, story about you and and your main competitor Orville, uh, who you guys were competing in the USATF. Was it the hundred meters? Yeah, it started a year ago. A year ago in okay. Albuquerque. Okay, and that Al- was the first race. Okay, so and it, he he beat me by five hundredths of a second. Wow. Yeah, he leaned and I didn't. <laughs> well, we will tweet out the link, and the ESPN did a great job. Uh, he out leaned you, but you got him back later. I, right? I did. I, yeah, you know. yeah, you got him back <laughs> I, this past year at the USATF uh, Championships here in Maryland at the PG County Sportsplex. Uh, this past year, so that was an awesome race. And again, we will tweet out the link. Uh, we'll get to that later on. But uh, Dixon, you are. I mean. You are a real inspiring story, and the crazy thing about it is you didn't really start running until you were 50, right? Uh, 50, right. Wow. Yep. What made you start running then? Well, it's funny. I went to a track meet, a Potomac Valley track meet, and uh, I knew that it was coming up. This was in the summertime, and I trained at Burke Lake, very near where I live, and I ran for maybe six months or so, went to the track meet, Ran the quarter mile, and I think I was last. And I thought, well, if the rest of these people can get around the track, I can. So that sort of inspired me. And uh, a few weeks later that summer, they asked me if I would uh, join a team, a relay team, Mm -hmm. down at Haynes Point. We each ran – they don't do this anymore, I don't think. We each ran – uh, I think it was a 5K, mm-hmm. and I, I was a anchor, anchor man for some crazy reason. Right. And we ran, and we won, got first place. And they gave us uh, tr- little trophies or medals of some sort, and I thought, God, this is kind of fun. And uh, that was really the start of it. Wow. And, and I, from then on, I uh, went to later races mm-hmm. and uh, got into it more and more. And uh, at age... Let's see, about 65 or so. I started, 
when I was 50. Yeah, and that's the late 70s here, and running was obviously so different back right, then. Right, it was yeah. really different. Right. But I, uh, I changed jobs. Mm-hmm. I sold the company that I'd started. It was a boiler company, electric boilers. I'd been in that business for 10 years. I sold the company, and I was too young to retire. So I figured, well, I've done some of this running, and I like running, so I think I'll open a running store. <laughs> So that's that's how it began. And, so, uh, so you opened up Fairfax Running Center, and it says in, on, in, on on your LinkedIn page it says June of '81, and you had that store for about ten years. That's right. right. And I opened a second store in in uh, Alexandria. Yes. On the Strand, and yeah. that went pretty well. Yeah. So I had the two stores going, and then I really got involved in running. I began coaching. I coached marathoners and uh, lots of them, yeah. <laughs> with different programs. Uh, Jeff Galloway and yeah. the Lung Cancer Lung Association. Yep. And uh, uh, those were two, uh, oh, race directing. Mm-hmm. I started directing races. And in those days when you directed races, all you did is get a couple guys to help you. And the runners took off with a, with a clock. Right. I mean, you had a clock. They took off. When they came in, you handed them a card and they filled it out. And it got a little more sophisticated yeah, later. It's gotten a little bit. It's changed a little bit since then. And there then. lots, lots of steps in between yeah. that. But that's how it that's, all that's started. That's how it all started. Well, all along when you were doing all this stuff, you continued to run. Have you been consistently running throughout this? Well, no, some odd years. No, I don't know if you know about it, but I had a real, real break. <laughs> to use a pun, mm-hmm. uh, I was hit by a car when I was training for my 15th consecutive rest and triathlon. That's right. I got into triathlons as well, and I did 60 of them. I was 74, just finishing up my training, and the car hit me. Now, he didn't slam into me and knock me down to that extent, but he came alongside me. I lost my balance. I was going 20 miles an hour, and I hit the pavement, just solid. Wow. And uh, I just lay there. Uh, the man came over. He was an older man, quite frustrated. He didn't help at all. A woman saw the th- accident. She came down, uh, called my wife, and uh, she called 911. So they came and took me off in an ambulance, went to Fairfax uh, Hospital, and I ended up with a broken pelvis. Uh, not fractures, but just broken. It had to be reconstructed. A collapsed lung uh Broken ribs, wow. clavicle, and uh, I was really in pretty bad shape. And uh, I was there for two mo- two weeks, and then finally I was well enough to go to a, re- a rehabilitation down in Mount Vernon. I was there for another two weeks. Uh, finally got out of that, got home on a walker, and one month later I had a staph infection. Wow! Back into the hospital for another ten days. <laughs> So it was a total of about 41 days in three local hospitals. And by that time, I was in <laughs> pretty bad shape. I was recovering, but uh, right. it, it, was, it took a toll. Did, did you think at that point that maybe running was uh, going to be over for you? No. You're 74 years old, no, but no, huh? No, not really. Yeah. I asked my doctor, and he said, well, he was a biker. He said, well, you could probably ride a bicycle, but uh, no running. Uh, exactly eight months to the day, I ran the Race for the Cure 5K in wow. the district, and that was one of the happiest days of my life. <laughs> so I knew I was back. Now, I wasn't running like I used to, right. and I never have gotten back to those six- and seven-minute paces. Right. But uh, 
I, you I were was, running six minute miles in your seventies. Uh, I was. Uh, yeah. Six twenty one was my best. The Fifth Avenue mile in New York, mm -hmm. wow. which I'm going to in a few months. Wow, you're familiar with the yeah, Fifth absolutely. Avenue mile. Yeah. It was yeah. called the the Trump Trump's mile then. Is that right? <laughs> because it ended at uh, Trump Tower. Trump Towers. Huh. Wow. It goes from 80th Street to 60th, and that's a great race. I placed second there, and my time was six six twenty one. And I think uh, I ran 621 last summer. That's <laughs> my know, PR. That's <laughs> so I'm glad you mentioned your, your, your times. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you about that. So, uh, you know, your, your distances have changed. You used to train marathons. Did you, do, did you run marathons? You know, what are yep. some of the PRs that you had uh, from 50 years old? On? Well, I'd have to do it from memory. Yeah. But uh, f from 50 on in my 60s, 60s and 70s, uh, my best were a mile in 621, mm -hmm. a uh, 5K in 19 even, Jeez. 10K in uh, 39, 39.30, a half marathon in about 125, Jeez. and uh, I ran 12 mar marathons. Uh, my best was qualifying for Boston uh, at the uh, Shamrock, yeah. Virginia, Beach, Virginia Beach, and I ran a 344 and i needed a 350 to qualify wow. for that so i That's just about made it i mean those are impressive times for uh us who are uh in our 20s and 30s and 40s 20s. yeah <laughs> 20s yeah that's that's awesome and then the the triathlons i had a lot of fun with yeah. uh i you probably get a kick out of this yeah. but i didn't pay as much attention to the store as i should have yeah i was having such a great time <laughs> and i was traveling all over the country yeah. And uh, as I say, I, I didn't have a financial background, yeah, unfortunately. Right. And I just didn't watch that bottom line that closely. Yeah, yeah. So after 10 years, I uh, closed the Fairfax store and sold the Alexander store and just continued directing races yep. and uh, training, training marathoners. But... Uh, no more right. working. No, no more working in the store. Well, the store. I get that. I like that idea actually <laughs> myself. But no, uh, yeah. So you you continue to uh, direct races. Uh, it's great, guys. He he just gave us his business card here. Uh, race management, uh, Dixon Hemfield Race Management since 1982. Uh, I know one of the big races you've done for years yep. and continue to work with Doug in our Fairfax store is the Goblin Goblin, Goblin Gallop. Gallop. 22 uh, years. 22 years. Yep. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that race yep. and what well, do you do for it? Uh, I was asked by uh, one of the lawyers that helped me uh, get through this uh, accident of mine. Mm -hmm. he, he was my attorney and uh, he knew that I had run previously and after I'd gotten better, he said, will you help us with a race? We're putting a race on to help children with cancer. And uh, we need somebody. We decided we could raise some money by having this race, of 5K. So I said I'd be glad to do it. So that was a start, working uh, uh, as a race director for the Goblin Gallop. And it went quite well. And the only reason we quit after 22 miles, 22, 22 years, years yeah. was uh, couldn't find a sponsor. Yeah. We just couldn't find a sponsor. Yeah. And we needed uh, we needed a few thousand dollars. Absolutely. At least, yeah. as you, you know yourself. Yeah. You, you can't do this. 
Well, so, 22 years is a good young, run, uh, Dixon. It is, that is, yeah. that is. That is great. And it was a great race for that, that long period of time. Did you ever run it yeah, yourself? Yeah, I ran it a couple times. I, I thought was, maybe yeah, you had. Yeah, it was uh, back when I was, uh, I, I was running close to his times, mm-hmm. back, back when I could run 19 minutes for a 5K. Uh, but yeah, no, that was a, that was a, that was a great event. And are you still doing, are, are you still doing some race management? Uh, no, no, no. So, I quit last year. Okay, that so was last the la- year was it. Very yeah. last one. I've forgotten which one it was, yeah. but I, that was the last one. Yeah. Uh, the, the people that were putting these races on, uh, they saw the difference between me and my stanchions that I put up and sort of an old fashioned system. Right. right. Uh, a little more modern, but, but not the, uh, not the chip not timing chips, all that stuff. Not that, the yeah. chips. Well, what you still are doing is running, which is incredibly yeah, impressive. That's, that's the one yeah, thing, and I'm going to keep that up. As yeah, long which as I is can. which is awesome. So, uh, <laughs> now you're competing in the 90 year old division, right? Uh, at the USATF level, like, how did you get involved in that? Because you were doing, you know, local road races mm-hmm. and marathons and stuff like that, qualified right. for Boston, but now you are. A, a serious competitor in this 90-year-old mm-hmm. division. Well, the interesting part about this, uh, Chris, is that uh, there aren't many 90-year-olds running. <laughs> there just aren't many. <laughs> and so I go to some of these races, and I come back with five first places. Well, seriously, that, that doesn't mean much to me <laughs> if I'm the only one in it. Sure. So, but uh, more recently, uh, competitors have come along. Mm-hmm. I'm not a speedster, and yeah. uh, in the last couple races there have been a couple 90 year olds uh that both that beat me in the uh, both the 100 and the 200 okay and indoors beat, beat me in the uh, 60. Wow. do you do you yeah. ever ask them questions uh to verify their age like <laughs> like like after they if, if somebody were to beat you you ask them a question about maybe something that happened early in your life to see if they know what you're That's talking about i <laughs> <laughs> uh, never Never had an occasion to do that. Feel, but, uh, feel free to use that yeah, trick. Yeah, it's not a bad. It's, it's, bad it's an indirect way of, of checking the birth certificate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I, yeah, and and but you do have a major competitor. I think he is. He checks out. Orville uh, Rogers yep. checks out in terms of his age. Um, and and you uh, you guys were both profiled in this ESPN uh, piece. Um, how did this rivalry start? Well, it, it start? goes back, uh, Chris, to a year earlier when we went out to Albuquerque mm-hmm. to the National Masters Indoor Championship. Yep. And uh, I'd run against him before Correct. a number of times. And uh, he, a tremendous runner, mm-hmm. tremendous runner, holds many world records. Yeah. Uh, as a 90-year-old and as a 95-year-old and also as a 100-year-old now. Wow. In three categories. Have you been Wait, able he's, to... He's in his... Hundreds? So, he's 100 so is he out of your your? He'll be 101. Is that is, is that a different category? Is he yes. Out of your? Yeah. The five oh, year increments. Go. So are you able to? Have you been able to uh, come close to his world records? I'm working at it, yeah. but I I'm yeah. not that close. Yeah. I, I'm working at it. Yeah. Uh, one thing uh, you might get a kick out of this, but I'll be 95 in a year and a half. Okay. And that's what I'm shooting for now. <laughs> When I get to be 95, obviously the times are more achievable right. than they are at 90. And, but I still have a way to go. I, yeah. uh, my best event, uh, as far as competing with other 90-year-olds, is uh, eight, the 800 and the mile. Really? Those wow. two events. What, what kind of times are you running in those? Well, events? I'm running uh, 7 minutes, uh, 7.30, that sort of thing. For the mile? No, no, for the... Uh, no, no. This is a 
800. So the 800. 800. Okay. okay, gotcha. And I want to get down to six. Wow. That, that's, the, that's the record now for a 95-year-old. Is six, six minutes six, for the 800. 602. Wow. And I'd love to do that. Wow. And, but I've got to improve what I'm running now because I'm not at that level. Yeah. And for the mile, I need to run a 12. Okay. Those sound pretty slow to you as a <laughs> no, no, great runner. But, but that that seems like if if it's a 602, 800 in 12 minutes for the mile, that seems like you have to just be able right. to keep your 800 time and then double and then it. And run it again. Yeah. And then that's, run it again. That's right. That's, that ain't easy. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. So what what are you doing to train? Well, what's, what's I'm your training, training three times a week now. I've got uh, a trainer that's helped me for a number of years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he helps me online. He sends me a training program mm-hmm. for the week. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the days that I don't uh, run, he gives me uh, strength exercises. Wow. And it's pretty intensive. And I'll have to admit that I don't keep up with balls. <laughs> I wish I did. But yeah. uh, come around 4, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and I really don't feel like uh, doing some of these Strength. We, we, we can all relate on that for yeah. sure. That is, it, it takes yeah. discipline. Yeah. I, as far as the running goes, I, I'm quite disciplined. Yeah. Uh, ask my wife about that. She <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, how long are these sessions that you're doing? These three times a week sessions run. Uh, they're over an hour. Wow. Over an hour. And, it, and yeah. the trainers giving. Well, here, here's an intervals. example. Yeah. Give us an example. Here's an example of one. It's, it's one that I kind of enjoy doing. I'll go to the track. I'll do my. Uh, uh, warm-up mm-hmm. exercises, yep. which consist of uh, uh, stretching, just mm-hmm. stretching exercises. Yep. And then I'll run an easy 200 around the track, quite easy. And okay. I time myself. Mm-hmm. And that gives me an idea as to just sort of how I feel. My second 200 will be fairly fast. Okay. And that gets my heartbeat up. And that gets me ready to do my program. For that particular day, I'm going to do three 800s. Okay. And I'm going to do the first one at 70% output, the second one at 80%, and the last one at 90%. Wow. So I do these uh, with five-minute rests in between, four or five minutes rest. So I take off and do the 800, uh, which is pretty easy at a 70-minute pace. And yep. I'm, I'm guessing at this because it's hard to know <laughs> sure. exactly how you're doing. And then I'll sit down in the... The, uh, the five-minute interval, yeah, and no, break. What, yeah. In the... Uh, stadium there mm-hmm. at George Mason. Mm-hmm. I'll sit down on the bench, is what I'm trying to say, yeah. and I'll have a pencil and paper with me, and I'll write down uh, first 800, uh, 940, mm-hmm. and then I'll rest, and then I'll do the next one, and I make sure I do that next one under 940, and I'm really pleased if I can get it down to 8 Something. 30. Yeah, wow. Or something. I'm doing guessing here. Yeah. I have to do some sure. guessing. And then the last one, instead of 90%, I pretty much go all out. And these, uh, I've done this program about four times now, and each time I've been able to get my last 800 faster than the first two. Wow. So if I can keep that up and get still faster, I, I think it's going to pay dividends. Now uh, it's, it's yeah. fun. Yeah, I enjoy well, it. It's in, that's impressive, and that's actually a great great workout. I love the three times an eight hundred progressively getting faster. Um, are, you know, at ninety three, there's got to be some limitations, or are there any injuries that you're you're dealing with now, mm-hmm. or things that weren't there ten years ago? Say right. 
Well, I don't know how much you want to get into this, yeah. but uh, uh, as a result of my accident, I developed a chronic pain in my pelvis area. And the reason being that uh, I not only had several surgeries, one to reconstruct my pelvis, but the second to take out the plates and pins that were in there, they left one pin in. They couldn't get to the pin. So, and then uh, I also have an artificial right hip, but that has never bothered me. Wow. Never bothered me. I had that in 06, I think it was, and great job by the doctor. And uh, to alleviate the pain, I decided to have a uh, neurostimulator put into me, which consisted of a neurosurgeon putting electrodes in my spinal column, running cords down to a battery. The wow. battery sits uh, in, in my back, mm -hmm. and uh, I program that, and I crank it up in the morning to a number of two, 260, and that sends pulses out. And these, it's like a TENS. You've heard of maybe a TENS unit, yep. T-E-N-S. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing, but mine's internal. Mine's more sophisticated. Wow. But it doesn't help a whole lot. <laughs> it doesn't help a whole lot. But it's fun to so, play with, right? Yeah, exactly. So just to <laughs> elongate this a little bit, uh, I've taken to taking opiates, uh -huh. which I'm not happy about. Right. But it's the only way I can continue running. I'm taking Percocet. Mm -hmm. uh, Percocet is a rather powerful Serious, drug. Yeah, right. And the doctors say it's okay if you take them within reason. And at 93, I don't think I'm going to become addicted. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not. Right. But I take these things uh, about three times a day. Wow. And uh, I take one in the morning, and I take one before I run, and I take one in the afternoon, later in the afternoon. Wow. Otherwise, I'm just plain hurting. Right. And the doctors talked about uh, this particular pain doctor that I've gone to is really good. And he's injected me with all sorts of cortisone in my back, in mm -hmm. my pelvis area. Nothing has worked. And the, the last resort would be to see if this pin is impinging on nerves. And sure. if, yeah. But I'm hesitant to have an operation. Right. Mm -hmm. And I may not go to that route. I may stay with the Percocet, which is no fun to take. Uh, but if it keeps you going, man, yep. I mean, that is, that, that's impressive that you've been able to just continue to run like that. Yeah. Well, uh, I enjoy it so yeah. much and, uh, it keeps me healthy Yeah. and, uh, I just, uh, I just want to keep yeah. going. And you're, and you're good at it and you've got, uh, you've got big goals here, uh, when you're <laughs> 95, um, is there a USATF race that you're running this this uh, this summer, a track race, or are you waiting until you're 95? No, I'll be doing a, a couple more okay. national meets. Okay. I would go out to Spokane, which yeah. is where this meet is, but it's a long way out. It's quite expensive. Yeah. Not many from the track club. I belong to the Potomac Valley uh, track, track club, club. Yeah. and not many are going out. And uh, uh, as I say, it's expensive. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, Spokane so is a long way it is. away. It's just yeah. several transfers. Yeah. With the Are you okay? Plane. I mean, you drove over here, so no. that, which is incredible. So you're still well, driving. Yeah. No, I, I'm not that. Yeah, I'm not that good at traveling. Yeah, no. But you can fly, but you're not good. <laughs> Me yeah. neither. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. As you know, these yeah. these yeah. flights. You yeah. Stand in line. You. I don't yeah. have to take my shoes off anymore, but right. everything yeah. else. I sometimes get. I went up to Burlington, Vermont, for a race. My college. Uh, Invited me up for a mile race, the yeah. alumni race, yeah. and I got to Burlington, and the uh, inspector at the uh, 
uh, airport, said, hold your hands out. And he was checking for nuclear uh, residue in right. my hands. 90, <laughs> 94 years old. My, right. Uh, things like that yeah. sort of get to you Too after much. a while. You know, yeah. one time they, they actually checked my pillow for explosives. Uh, yeah, no I, kidding. Uh, they, they didn't check any of my other stuff. They checked the pillow. I was like, are you guys serious? It doesn't make are you even sense. It really doesn't good at what you're doing. <laughs> yep. Yep. It doesn't make a lot of sense. My sometimes. explosive pillow. Right. Yep. Well, I, it, I've, uh, in answer to the question, yeah. uh, Chris, what I'm doing now is uh, I'm running a three-mile Three one-mile races coming up. Okay. The first one is next Friday. It'll be up in Maryland. I don't know if you know about it, but it's the Midsummer Mile yep. mm-hmm. that Dan Lawson puts on. Yep. Uh, the, the Montgomery, yep, Montgomery County Roadrunners. They event. put that yep. on. Yep. It's a good race. It's a mile race, and yep. it's in heat, so yep. I'll be in one of the heats. A mile track race, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. and then I'll run the the uh, Navy Mile. Yes, which that's, is coming. That's up. a road mile. That's yep. a road mile in yep. Pennsylvania Avenue. Yep, yep, and that's fun. That's a great race. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, it's one more mile race, and then I'll do three track meets at the high schools. Okay, Potomac Valley puts on. Yeah, Edison High School is yeah. one. Wakefield, T.C. Williams. That's Those true. are uh, Saturday afternoon, Saturday yeah. all day, and they're fun to do. And I, I pick just several races to run. I might run the four hundred and the mile, or the hundred and the. 800 right some type of thing i don't try to do too much right one other thing i'm doing just because i did it in college is throw the discus <laughs> and uh, i've been at that for a long time and that's a real challenge throwing yeah. a discus i don't know if you ever tried it but boy farley yeah. can't pick a discus out. it's <laughs> a very difficult yeah. thing to do yeah. i've been to some of these meets and there'll be some guy uh, my age or not not in his 90s usually in right. his 70s or 80s but he'll stand there and he'll throw the thing out uh, 30 feet, 35 feet, I'll throw it 20. I'm, wow. I think I'm doing the same thing he is. Right. <laughs> it's a real knack. Right. Uh, I will mention just one other bit of background. Yeah. is uh, In college, I went to school up in Vermont, and uh, I was on the track team. I captained the track team, uh, mm-hmm. as I did in high school. And uh, I pole vaulted. That was my specialty. Wow. I love pole vaulting. I was never coached, never coached. In those days, you, unless you were lucky, you didn't have a coach because the coaches, there might be one guy who was just asked to coach because they needed mm-hmm. somebody out on the field. <laughs> and uh, I never had anybody help me with it. Well, you went to Middlebury College in that's, 1946. That's so right. As, I mean, it's just, it's such a, it's <laughs> such a lifetime ago, Dixon. I mean, <laughs> do you feel like, I mean, you, you, do you feel like you have lived these two lives? Maybe, you know, you break them up from after 50 and before 50 when you became a runner at 50. I mean, it's an incredible mm-hmm. journey that you've been on. Well, right? it, it's been fun. Yeah. It really has. Yeah. But uh, that, that pole vaulting, I, uh, I really enjoyed. I did yeah. that pole vaulting, high jumping. I high jumped six feet, even six feet, and uh, vaulted uh, 12 feet with a bamboo pole in those days. <laughs> bamboo <laughs> pole. And it didn't bend, believe wow. me. It didn't bend. Wow. And uh, through the discus. I tried a triathlon just this, this year. Mm-hmm just for the heck of it, to see how I do. And I, could, I did all the events except two, the hurdles and the pole vault. I could not hurdle. I yeah. couldn't get my legs over the, the lowest hurdle. And I tried the pole vaulting, and 
Couldn't do it. After college, you went to Sweden and studied at the uh, university there. How, how did that come about? Well, I had noticed a, a notice on my uh, college bulletin board. Mm-hmm. It said, uh, come to Sweden and study. And the Swedes were kind of smart. They uh, were inviting GIs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't mention my Navy service. Yeah, so you, yeah, so you were in the Navy, <laughs> Navy yeah. for three years. And, uh, and I stayed in the reserve, okay. so I have 21 years total. Wow. Ended up as a wow. lieutenant commander. Yeah. But uh, I saw the notice. Okay. And so I applied, and uh, I, along with about 25 other uh, men and, and some women, uh, went off uh, on the Gripsholm uh, ocean liner to Sweden mm-hmm. and uh, studied at the University of Stockholm wow. for, for a year. And uh, I was going to come home after that, but my brother got in touch with me, and he said, I'm going to uh, come. I'm headed for Thailand. He was with the CIA, which I never knew. I didn't know it until years later. But he was uh, stationed in Thailand. And uh, he said, stay stay there for a while, and I'll see you. So I looked around and found myself a job, which was a good job. I was with the Allied High Commission for Germany in their passport office. So I stayed for another year. And in between my schooling and the work, uh, two other friends who were in this program uh, and I toured Europe on motorcycles. Oh, cool. Wow. We went awesome. 3,000 miles from north of the Arctic Circle down to, to France, southern France, wow. and all wow. the countries in between. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. That's that a great awesome. experience. All summer long. That's a great experience. So after that, I, I came back home. But that's sweet. That's awesome. That's cool. And I, I had two very good friends. They were brothers, and I met them on the ship going over, and they got to be some of my closest friends. Yeah. And uh, one of them uh, invited me to come to run the Stockholm Marathon. So all expenses paid. <laughs> all expenses. How can I turn Can't that down? Can't pass that up. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Uh, five years earlier, uh, I took my wife over because she'd never been there, and she has Swedish background, which I don't. Right. <laughs> so we saw her birthplace, or not hers, but her, 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 her ancestors' yeah. birthplace. And, uh, but five years later, my friend Loss invited me over, and I spent three weeks there, ran the Stockholm Marathon. That's, that's awesome. But they both died. They both, yeah, both passed away. That's fantastic. Wow. You, you said that you served in the Navy. When, when, did you, when were you active? 43 to 46. Yeah. I was in the Atlantic and Pacific. I was okay. on a cruiser in the Atlantic mm-hmm. and landing craft in the Pacific. I didn't see action. Okay. I got into the Pacific when the war ended. Okay. I ended up in Shanghai, China, training the Chinese nationalists. Is wow. that right? <laughs> wow. Wow. So that was an interesting experience. My, my Navy experience meant a lot to me. Yeah. And I stayed yeah. in the reserve which was the smartest thing I ever did because all my medical bills, and there were lots of them, have been paid for. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. Because now I get Medicare, but I also get TRICARE for life. So what Medicare doesn't pick up, TRICARE does. Right. And as I say, I've had hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of ex- medical expenses as a result of this accident. And that, that, that's got to be re- the reason why, or one of the reasons why, the Navy Mile is so important to you. And you're wearing yep. the Navy Mile shirt, and we'll tweet out a picture of us together in the Navy Mile shirt, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, why why cool. the Navy and not another branch of the military? Well, my father was in the Navy. Oh, okay. And I, as I was headed to the office, I, I was called up in 43, and I didn't know what service I was going to sign up for at the time <laughs> until I got mm-hmm. to the recruiter. And 
And at that time, I thought, well, my father was in the Navy, and uh, it sounds good. So, <laughs> But uh, every, everybody was signing up then. Yeah. It, that was yeah. a different situation, so different than the later wars. Mm -hmm. It was everybody went. If you didn't go, uh, wow. there was some reason. So 43, how old were you in 1943? Uh, 18. 18, wow. Yeah, just so, out of high so you, school. Right, wow. so when, yeah, exactly. So when you were, so you went, you, you turned 18, then you, you went and served for three years. Three years, and then I uh, went to college. During the war, and then you went to college, then you went to Sweden. That's then right. You, then you rode motorcycles. That's and right. And then you started running. Yes. That's, no, that's not until I was 15. Well, there's yeah. a big break. There's, well, a, sure. big break. there's a big break. He, yeah. he, he sold a company, Docs. I mean, there, I there's, again, he's lived um, uh, two lives. This is unbelievable. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, there's just so much you talked about. You know, you, you opened up a store. You've done race management. You're a, a high jumper, a pole vaulter in college. Looks like you went to Stockholm University. Um, <laughs> I mean, you've done so much. Like, what? Wh where does running rank? Like running and running in your 90s. Where does this rank in your life? Like, how would you how would you rank that in all the things you've done throughout your life? Well, I, I have done quite a few things. Yeah. I, it, it's one of the highlights, yeah. for sure. One of the highlights. Of course, I have to put my family first. Of course. I've got yeah. four children and nine grandchildren. And you've gotten them into running, too, right? Your kids? Uh, some. Yeah. Yes, I have. That's yep. really cool. Yeah, but, my, my son, Pete. You yeah. may have seen I've met him. Pete before, absolutely, yeah, but, at some of the races. Yeah. And uh, he has a right, a new right hip, too, which <laughs> kind of slowed him down. Nice. <laughs> but anyway... Uh, uh, it's it's been a highlight for me. Yeah. It's, it's been it's been one of the most important factors of my life. Yeah. I have to say that's awesome. Well, so. uh, it's it's been really fun to follow your journey. Um, you know, you, you you again. We will tweet out this uh, this uh, story that uh, ESPN did last year, and I'm uh, you know I, I can't wait to see what else you do. And you, there's uh, you said there was a. Uh, a Channel Nine story that's been that, that's been out there as well. Yeah, you know, that was earlier. That was earlier. That, that was the uh, uh, Sunday morning. Uh, is it Sunday morning, Sunday like local morning. local television. No, no, yeah. national. It was a national. National. All right, yeah. well, we'll find that and we'll tweet that. Yeah, we'll, Lee Lee Cowan is the announcer. Okay. I, I watched him this morning. He okay. was the MC. Okay. Uh, there's a woman that usually does it. I forgot her name, but anyway, they came to the house the same way ESPN, ESPN yeah. did. Wow! And they went up to Mason with me and watched me run. And then the next day, we went to George Washington University Medical uh -huh. uh, Facility, and uh, they got me out to, as a, a stress test. Wow! And they went through the whole procedure, and they ended up deciding I had the the body of a younger person by, by <laughs> quite a bit. So. I would say so. Well, it's uh, a, just before yeah, we quit, yeah, uh, Chris, yeah, I'd like to yeah. put in just a short yeah, plug for my wife. For sure. She's been very supportive. Yeah. Very so supportive. So how long have you guys been married? She's 92. She's 92. And just, how long How long you guys been married? 63, by, 63 years. Unbelievable. And she's wow. been very supportive. Right. That, I mean, it, and it and it takes that if well, you're traveling. If you're traveling to Albuquerque yeah. and you're you're thinking about traveling yeah. to Spokane, yeah. yeah, she goes to some of the local meets with me now. In wow. fact, she's been to a couple of national meets down in uh, Winston Salem. Yeah, she went to that, and uh, the the Worlds is uh, coming up in uh, September. It's in southern Spain. Wow, I'd love to go, but right. again, it's just too darn expensive. Yeah. Thousand, uh, a few thousand dollars to, to go over there. You have to spend over a week. Oh, yeah. The events yeah. are spread out by a lot. Exactly. It's not yeah. just yeah. 
So I'd love to go. The next one is in Poland. Right. But, but the next one, when I'll be 85, is in Toronto, Canada. In ni- in ni- oh, when there you go. When so you're 95. When you're 95. Right. Toronto. Okay. I'll be going wow. to that. All right. Well, it, 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 it's an amazing story. I mean, you've been married 60, <laughs> 63 years, you said? Yes. That's an amazing story in itself. So, yep. yeah, we got to definitely recognize her. So, Dixon, uh, this is awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Uh you know, it's such it's such a great story. I, I've known you personally. I've known about you. I met you a few times. Mm-hmm, right. I mean, you're a legend in the running community here. So it's <laughs> great to be able to sit down with you. I really well. Really thanks, Chris. Yeah. I enjoyed it. And yeah. I really thank you for yeah. inviting me to do this. Well, absolutely. All right. That's Dixon Hemfield. He is the inspiring 93 year old star runner. Uh, he joined us on Pace the Nation. We're gonna take a quick break and be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to Dixon Hemfield for joining us on Pace the Nation today. Really awesome, cool story, uh, stories, many, mm-hmm. many stories. Uh, very cool guests. Uh, he is still out there getting it done three days a week, and they allow him on the, the George Mason track. I don't know if we touched on this. Uh, they don't allow anybody on that indoor track. But uh, they let they let him in for good reason. They, sure, uh, maintenance guys let him in, so he trains there three days a week. Very very cool. I was really impressed that he he drives over here. I mean that is at ninety three. I hope I'm driving at night. I, I, hope, you're I hope you're <laughs> I not driving. I hope you're not driving at ninety three. Uh, I wanted to talk to him a little bit about your car problems, but uh, I didn't want to. You know. Well, the you, what do you mean? Like we were. We were working on my car, mm-hmm. and uh, an, an older gentleman walked by mm-hmm. and looked at us because we had the hood up. And he looks at my father and he says, "They don't make them like they used to, do they?" <laughs> you know, kind of like uh, because right. everything is Back crammed in, in and it's yep. all computerized yep. and everything like that. Used to be when Dixon was was young, a young man, mm-hmm. and my father was a young man, yep. and Chris Farley was a young man. You could <laughs> pop the engine open and you could do all the work yourself. Now you have to bring it to a mechanic yep. because everything is is so packed in there uh, that you need special tools to do everything. Yeah, I know. So, and then they can do what they did. To and you. and then they yeah. can and then they can open all the drains and put the covers back <laughs> on and, and totally fleece you. Well, thanks again to Dixon uh, for joining us. Uh, again, really cool story, that ESPN story. We will tweet out the link. All right. Um, I'm not sure I tease this one. Then we can't talk about well, it. Well, uh, you know, we can bag we can bag my uh, my one of my stories for, for later on. <laughs> you want to trade in? You, are we going to talk in? about Shelby? Uh, no, we oh, talked okay. about her last week. We did. So she still did more cool things since then. Yeah, that's true. We could talk about The that. only thing we talk about on, on uh, multiple episodes in a row uh, is the Boston Marathon. <laughs> that's true. Dogs. That's true. Or Chris Farley's social media ridiculousness. That's, that's true. Yes. I would like to put Shelbo 800 on okay. the... Okay. All right. The agenda for today. All right. Yeah. So we are amending the agenda. I may bag the, the Guinness jumping the shark. We'll get to that later on. I feel like we could have covered all of these topics if we just eliminated this conversation <laughs> yeah, about true. what we're going to talk right. about. I wanted to talk about Wonder Woman and the oh. casting call. Uh I believe was that not in the opening? I wanted to talk about that. Too. Oh, when you said Wonder Woman, I just thought you meant Shelby. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I believe we did not tease it. Oh, but this docs, has to be on the show. Yes. Yeah, so, Docs, 
Tell well, us about the Wonder Woman casting call. Well, I'll tell you right now, that movie's going to tank. <laughs> you're, um, you're. They, there was a casting call. They were looking for local area joggers, which mm-hmm. is perfect for me because mm-hmm. uh, even though I'm a runner, when I look in the mirror, I'm like, that's a jogger. <laughs> right. Uh, and when I look at my splits, I'm like, that's a jogger. That <laughs> <laughs> no way. But, hey, you've got uh, a coach. You're getting there. Um, I, the, it's an uphill battle for right. my coach. Right. Um, but they were looking for joggers to be extras in the movie. Mm-hmm. And so I found out about this cause, cause good friend of the program, uh, Joanna's nemesis, Charlie band yep. tweeted something about the casting call, uh, in a very timely manner. He did it the day before it was due. <laughs> uh, I find out later that Joanna heard about it a week earlier and didn't say anything to us because for some reason, she thinks that that if I get cast, she's not going to get cast. It's not the way Hollywood works. Well, you broke the Des news to me, so I thought you were ahead of the, right. the game. Yeah. Doesn't work like that. Right. We, we, we're either a team or we're not a team. So Joanna applies to be on this a week before me. I text Farley, and I'm like, dude, I need some pictures. I need some help. Uh, I need my inseam measured. I'm coming over. <laughs> And Farley says, uh, okay, just go to I don't to have the- <laughs> my nanny. I don't have my nanny, so I'm no help. Farley's like, okay, hold on a second. And he and he texts me back. He says, I just called the Clarinet store. Allison's going to help you. Right. Yes. So Farley, Farley just kind of pushed delegated that one. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he yep. delegated that. Yep. Uh, so very thankful that, that Allison uh, – is is afraid of Farley and and, and took on this <laughs> no, ridiculous thing. True, and so true. when I showed up, I was like, I don't know if he explained this to you. She's like, I don't really understand what's going on. So I had to like tell her that we're casting, and I was like, we're taking some pictures. And so she was she was very helpful, and she took my pictures, and and everything turned out great. And I filled out my application, and I sent it in. And just like my co-host, I didn't hear from these idiots, and this movie's gonna be a flop. So they didn't get back to you at all? No. Man, I thought you'd be a perfect So you don't know who it is. Candidate. I, I don't know anybody that they cast, but I know that if they didn't cast you and they didn't cast me, they don't know what they're doing. So you applied too and you didn't get a call back? No. Wow. I'm I really wasn't expecting a call back. I'm disappointed. I was. They're so stupid for not picking me. Yeah, we've got a uh, very successful podcast we could have promoted the movie on. And I, I was Frenchie in the eighth grade production of Yes, Greece. Frenchie. Yeah, and Jeez. I had my own television show in college. Yes. So listen, and I'm going to be the next president. So listen, here's the thing. Rather than promoting it on the show, I'm encouraging everybody, do not watch this movie. Yeah, it's going to be a flop. It's going to be right. a flop. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. They don't know what they're doing. Well, all right. So that was the the Wonder Woman story. Do you um, know anybody who got cast? No, I, I don't. So tweet us if you got cast. Uh, I think Kellen, Kellen Song was looking for for people for, people who, for a yeah. story. Tweet us, tweet him. Uh, let us know uh, how that went down. Don't show up. Don't go. <laughs> Stand them up. Stand them up. Um, all right. So I think we do have time for the Shelby story. Shelby uh, Shelbo eight hundred. We talked about her last week. She was the uh, USATF champion in the. 1500 and, and the 5k yeah. yep mm-hmm. first um, first woman since regina jacobs correct yeah all right good job all right i was testing his listening skills we yes. did talk about that last all right. week so she's made made some news this week so shelby won a diamond league meet the 1500 in lucane is that mm. how you say it Lusan? okay yeah in, i mean in switzerland yeah you look at me like I, i'm not i'm no. looking at <laughs> <laughs> yeah. smart move um and she won in 35734 wow. which puts her at number 4 on the all-time list for American women's 1500s 357 and how many wow. drug cheats ahead of her 
Um, that depends on who you think is a drug cheat. Oh, the okay. three people ahead of her are uh, Shannon Roberry, Mary Slaney, and Jenny Simpson. Okay. All right. Wow. That is 357. That's another league. 34. Wow. Yeah. Man. Wow. Okay. Well, that was worthy of the uh, of the, the mention. Um, congrats. Uh, maybe that sounds like it's Joanna's new favorite runner. I know. Joanna has a... See you uh, later, Emma. Fan, uh, yeah, she has a fangirl. Yeah. Fangirling uh, on Shelby. Hey. I, I don't hate on it. I, I think that's a that's a strong one to fangirl on. Go ahead. All right, but before we get to uh, finally what's grinding Dox's gear, what the uh, the gears. segment everybody's been waiting for, <laughs> even though they heard twenty minutes of it already. I uh, I did want to. I will touch on. I think we do have time. We can t- touch on uh, Guinness uh, the Guinness Book of World Records jumping the shark. Now everybody knows the Guinness Book of World Records. This was the standard of greatness back in the 80s uh, um i think that that maybe some of them but there was like people in there that had the world's longest fingernails yeah is that really greatness <laughs> see that's what i'm getting at i think it's more and more like the world's longest fingernails uh now uh there's a runner's world story that we will tweet out uh about a man dressed as forrest gump uh, running this blazing fast uh, record for, for Guinness. And he did run fast. He ran 2.36 in the London Marathon. So What's the, your f- best time? So the 2.31. Okay, so you're yeah. faster than this yeah. Forrest Gump lookalike. So I am not. Uh, his, his time is the fastest uh, time ever as a, as a movie character. I mean, kind of an obscure, like, you know... Wait, category. he has the, the it's, it's not as not, not as bad as a, uh, a fingernail category. Yeah, but that's that's way too specific. Fastest right. marathon as a movie character. Yeah, see, that's the problem. These are getting way too specific. So let's come up with like fastest marathon uh, w- accompanying William Docks. Right, that's what it's. <laughs> I think you have that to. world record. It's coming to it's. it's you com- accompanied I, me I, in I the call marathon in in New York City. Well, and and you have that record. Well, here's here's some other records that are getting ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So uh, Guinness went and 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 you know they uh, awarded this guy who is 59 years old. His name is Bob Johnson. He ran in a Mr. Potato Head, mm-hmm. and his record is the fastest marathon dressed as a three dimensional toy. I mean, four forty nine for that three dimensional toy. You shouldn't be running marathons dressed as a three dimensional toy, let alone going after a world record. Fastest marathon dressed as a fairy tale character—that's also a thing. Fastest marathon dressed as an emoji—that definitely I mean, that, shouldn't be a thing. That's four eighteen for this woman, uh, Vic- Victoria Bell. Uh, Wait, let's let's break some of these. Well, I, yeah, we could easily. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't hate this one. Fastest female to run a, a marathon in a suit. Uh, she ran 357. And we ran do in a support suit, suit marathons do. on yeah. this podcast, and we would support the fastest Wookiee costume. <laughs> but fastest marathon dressed as a padlock. I mean, come on. He got an f- official Guinness certificate for dressed dressing as a uh, as a padlock. What like, do you? With like a pat, yeah, like a you know that doesn't look like. Oh, now I see. I did. I thought that the thing that went over his head was was uh, in the background. Yeah, that's it, stupid. It, it, Dressed see, as a again, padlock, j- jumping the shark. Like I said, it's too much. I mean, there's too many certificates given to just meaningless, um, meaningless categories. 
Um, right. I, for one, after reading this, I'm over Guinness. That's it. It's jumped the shark. It's jumped the shark for you. It yeah. didn't Guinness Book of World Records. Records. Okay. Not beer. Beer, I was never a huge fan of. I'm more of a Miller Lite guy. It's a dark guy. beer, yeah. yeah but, it's more of a meal. Uh, but, uh, yeah, f- these, these records have just, just turned me off to Guinness. So what's grinding Farley's gears? Yeah. Yes, is, is the Guinness people, Book of World People Records. doing something he didn't think of. <laughs> All right, this podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Uh, sign up for the Crystal City Twilighter, July 21st. You can still sign up. It's just a couple weeks away. So uh, sign up now. It's always one of the summer's greatest races. Uh, awesome 5K in Crystal City. Also, you can do the Beer Mile, August 11th. Uh, so you can check that all that stuff out runpacers.com somebody was in the store the other day when I was working and they were um, asking about races in the summer and they're like you know what I just don't think I'm going to race in the summer it's too hot and I was like I agree it's too hot <laughs> to race and then I was like but for some reason everybody does this 5k the twilighter every year nice. and I was like it's on July 21st it's like always the hottest day of the year and I don't know why people do it and then she's like oh well why do people do it and I was like well there's like a DJ and glow sticks and it's at night and all the run clubs like compete with each other and She's like, that actually sounds really it's cool. Awesome. <laughs> right. See, you even sold yourself on it. Nice. That's awesome. Yes. I couldn't have sold it better, except for the fact there was beer afterwards as well. Um, <laughs> all right. Finally, what everybody's been waiting for, what's grinding Dox's gears again. This is part two on this show. No, I think this is not part two. I think that we've done this more than twice. <laughs> okay. But there, there's a growing trend when I go do workouts at Wakefield High School. Mm-hmm. Um, in Arlington, Virginia. And I, you'll never guess, like w- when, you're, when you're running on a, a public track, you'll never guess that not everybody there knows track etiquette. Mm, yes. Okay. So it annoys me. It doesn't grind my gear, but it annoys me when, you know, people are walking in lane one in the flow of traffic right that is frustrating or you know they're they're jogging slow and they don't move out of the way of somebody who's doing you know who's running faster usually you 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 the courtesy is to to move out of the way i can deal with all of that stuff because i'm like it's a public track not everybody ran high school track like uh i did Mm -hmm. but every single time i've gone there and i'm talking every single time which is three (laughs) there has been a woman shows up with her very elderly mother, and you, I'm not talking about the same people either, which is why this is so bizarre. But there's there's a, a woman with her very elderly mother and a baby stroller, and they push the stroller in the opposite direction of traffic in lane one. I don't think you can do that. I think that's like against track rules or against Arlington County track rules. Well, I don't think you should be able to do it either, but it's happened three times, and the, and the <laughs> wow. offending culprit is a different set of people every time. Really? I, I'm like, I, I really feel like, because I say on the show that I'm going to go do the track workout, that you guys are setting this up. Right. Like, the, right. that you guys He's are, get, they're like, I, they're something. like, all right, okay, he just finished his first quarter, and he was not bothered by the three walkers that we yeah. planted. We're going to have to put some more people out on the track. I, have the kids go out there. Have somebody throw a Frisbee. I do know a lot of moms and dads with babies and baby strollers these days. Yeah. yeah. I could. I, could. I feel like I'm being set up, I but could. it's it's crazy. And it, it, it just cracks me up because I'm like, I'm on my, you know, second to last interval. I'm tired. I'm trying to focus. And then all of a sudden, 
somebody shows up pushing a baby stroller in lane one going against traffic. They're salmoning in lane one. If, if you are this person, please tweet me it's at Ron three Pe- different people. Or one of these people. Oh, please, no, please. if you're the person who's setting this up. Yeah, well, or either that or one of the three people. Tweet me at Run Pacer. Uh, we, we, we can keep it from Docs, but I really, <laughs> really want to hear your side of the story. I really do. So at Run Pacer. Not Run Pacers, Run Pacer. All right, guys. Great show. Sinc- sincerely, I want to thank both of you guys for making it happen. Came back from um, uh, Western Maryland, where it was nice and cool, and you guys made the time on Sunday. Oh, Washington, so D.C. was miserable this week. Thank yes, you. Thank you. Thank you to Joanne, and thank you to Docs uh, for both making it happen. Of course, thanks to our guest today, Dixon Hemfield, who joined us today on Pace Nation. What a great story. We'll tweet out all the particulars on Dixon this week. Uh, thanks to you, the listener. Uh, we will see you July 16th for our next happy hour, okay? We'll also tweet that out. July 16th uh, in Arlington will be the next happy hour. All right. For Amy Docs and Joanny Russo, I'm Chris Farley. This is Space Nation. We'll see you next week. refrigerator is crazy uh i could go to my topics that uh it was freaking me out this was freaking me out like i was drinking i was like there's something it's ice it's just good one time when i was in taiwan i got a soda and it had jelly in it Mm. that was the worst beverage experience i've ever had it had jelly in it Mm -hmm. and i asked the secretary i was like uh what does this say on the the can she's like oh jelly oh it's so great that stuff's so good i was like this is gross she was like I said it because I was 100% serious, but her feelings were hurt. It's a shit show on these public tracks. I I need a place. I need a deal. You like need. This <laughs> you where, do. Where you get into your own track and you don't have to run with other yeah, people. I agree.